0: Yo, Conti, welcome to Seniors 94, fella. This is our intro. We just had Christmas. You just sent an email to your uh, former co-workers saying, peace out. Hit me. You just looking at a text right on air? Just Yeah, fucking,
1: somebody. Just uh,
0: ignoring me?
1: No, no, dude, I'm sorry. So, well, is that my cue? Can I talk now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, is that, that a... okay, Lance? Can I talk? Hit it. Hit it. Uh, well, this is the last day that I'm that well, I'd say working, but I haven't worked in a while. But last day that I'll be a part of the Viren Medical Technologies Olympus uh Olympus brand and I gotta send my computer back. And I you know, I haven't really thought about it. I just kinda when I when I heard they're gonna shut down the business operation, I just thought, fuck everybody. And now today I just sent out an email to all the people that I care about at work and now I'm nostalgic and emotional and uh, it's compounded with everything else going on. Christmas with the kids, uh, even our our, our, inner, our our segment yesterday with our old buddy Jake. it's all it's all there. am I, am I, uh, I just feel like uh, Matt, why are you emo- I just feel like this this thing's never going to end. Like I'm nowhere close to the end of anything. Figuring out what I'm gonna do with my life. Figuring out how to deal with the separation of the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm in mile one of the of the life changing marathon, and it's all kind of hit me this week. So yeah,
0: makes sense, man. Are, are you? Is the so word?
1: Sorry, I had to get a towel in case I start crying. How's that for vulnerability, listeners?
0: There you, there you go. Yeah, it's real. Right, uh, go ahead. Is the job thing more of closure or is it more of like, fuck, I got to figure something out next? It's, you know,
1: I'm I like, I'm starting to realize it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, the, it's like the value I provide to my family is just that as, as an earner. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I can't escape it. I can't take, take any time for myself. I can't, yeah. I can't pause for a few seconds. I have to think of the next thing. And I'd much rather not get back into something that I don't have any passion for, but I don't know if that's that's an option, but I have to have some balls right now and, and figure it out. So that's kind of scary, but also it's a great opportunity, but it's, it's kind of scary. And this thing, now I'm emotionally yeah. invested in this.
0: Financially, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Seniors 94 hasn't been as lucrative as I thought. I thought by the time we get to episode 10, I'd have a helicopter, bro thought <laughs> I have a helicopter. Uh,
0: it, and are you giving yourself though some months? Because you got severance, so like you, it's not like you have to like hit the street right now and find a job. Are you giving yourself two, three months maybe, or what?
1: Yeah, I, 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 just, I don't know. I, I think I've said this before. I don't know if it's on while recording or not. I, my answer to everything right now is like, I don't know. I'm in this, this, yeah, thing of like, uh. I don't know, but I got to figure some stuff out. But, yeah, I'm giving myself time. So here's where I'm at. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. I I would don't want to get back into a medical device operations job. Although medical device is abundant in Costa Rica, I have zero passion for it. And I have no desire to do that. But it's a way that I can earn money. So part of me goes, you know what? You got your podcast with Lance. Got some friends you're enjoying hanging out with, you got your kids, who cares? Let's go get a job, make some money. Mm-hmm. Don't try not to get emotionally invested. Just work with integrity and and and, and, uh, and everything will be fine. And the other side of me is like, nope, now's the time to find some passion, combine earning an income with, with something you like. And now's the time to, to figure it out at all costs, which is a harder path. But maybe the, the end result will be better. And then but I'm just riding the fence on everything, even with this podcast. Like I don't have anything prepared for open mic like, this week, Lance, listeners. <laughs> I don't have yeah. it. And I and I sat and I sat down last night and just sat there and was like shit. And, and nothing happened. Yeah. And and so I'm in I'm in this like purgatory of so many different things right now. And I and I taught you know the conversation with, with my wife or like it's just so, so like clear is how I describe it. It's, just, it's like, there's no color to it. And it's just like, so you, I don't have that. I don't have somebody there I can talk to.
0: Yep. Yeah, sounds fucking hard.
1: So here's, here's my options, dude. This is what I'm, this is, here's, I'll lay it out. You can edit this out, but one is go, is start applying for jobs, remote jobs, hopefully. Just regular jobs, operations jobs. I'm I'm kind of doing that. Two, started teaching English, as I mentioned in some of my open mic segments, pursue that, see if I can make a little more money at that. That's a that's kind of fun, but it doesn't pay that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three, they're legalize like they're starting to give licenses for for hemp and and cannabis cultivation in Costa Rica. Basically f- fire up a startup and do that. Which I kind of like because I don't know why. I just feel some sort of counterculture. uh, uh, Like I need to do something that's not normal right now. Right. Like like to not feel like a a complete fucking wimp. And that just seems like becoming a narco, a legal narco would be would be the ultimate double birds to society. Even though that's not that's like completely normal now in the U.S. It's not even like a thing. So I'm pursuing that as well. And then, my, and then I still always have this. I, I've been making pizza now for like a decade. I can always fire up a pizza, a pizza pizzeria or some business like that. But then I think about the time and energy it takes to put into a restaurant. Yeah. Taxing on the family life. But that also then I go, well, you know, that'd be a great thing to have for my kids. Like when they're in their twenties, you know, like we were. You're trying to start a band. I was trying to do comedy. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It would have been awesome if I could have just went and slung some dough around my parents' pizzeria while I was trying to figure out the world. You know, it's like a thing for them to fall back on. So, what should I do, Lance?
0: What should I do, man? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Because there's like the there's the realities of a family that will hit um no matter what
1: right they're asking me too like my kids ask me how much money can you make on on your your tutoring lessons your english lesson? and i just go don't worry about it yeah they're, it's obviously creating some subconscious stress in their lives to know their dad's going to be unemployed
0: well sure yeah so there's that those realities uh are inescapable and uh I guess it's just a matter of how long does it take to get some of these other more appealing things up and going.
1: Yeah, and I, and essentially, I have to I have to find some money. I have to I, I'd have to raise money. I'd have to I'd have to essentially be like a entrepreneur startup and raise money. And so I have to I have to have a pitch, and I have to ask people for money. Generally, it's interesting that a lot of people money don't necessarily probably believe in in the uh the whole thing about legalization and what it's done to cities and in, in the western u.s right. like portland and denver and all this stuff so you gotta ask people to separate part ways with their cash as an investment with something that they might have doubts about so right. which i kind of like as well it's like you know so i i don't know so so th- it's a weird day it's a weird time like you know i and I'm still trying to get through like Christmas. Now I got New Year's. Like, I, you know, I just told my, my wife, like, if you want to hang out, I, I'm technically supposed to have the kids on Sunday, but I'm like, you want to hang out with them for New Year's, you should do it. Like, I'm not a big New Year's guy. And I just have some guilt now. Like, if I'm hanging out with them on New Year's, I I, I should just be enjoying it. But I also feel like there's some weird guilt about it, you know? So. All right
0: yeah there's a lot if I'm playing life coach though do it I, uh, I feel like that uh, some level of stability economic stability allows for more risk taking in the future uh, right. unless unless the cannabis operation seems really viable and, and pretty quick to me it's like that gets tabled uh, and is worked on as you're uh Making maintaining money. a level of stability yeah same with the i mean the pizzeria i could i could see that actually getting going pretty quick but you know that has to be a lifestyle you want to live you know
1: another idea is a, is, i think this would actually work but i don't know how to do it but it's it's a it's like eat pizza learn english like a, a lot of a lot of these Places where you learn the language are pretty stale, and like a, a lot of what people need is just to place the bullshit with their friends and have a conversation. So if if you're putting them in like a social setting where they're just like hanging out in a restaurant or a bar, but they also have access to native speakers and a language, I feel like for an intermediate level person learning a language, it would be awesome. And then you have several two revenue streams while they're stuffing their faces learning English. That, that's another idea.
0: That's a great idea. I mean, it really is a great idea. It just needs to be conceptualized and, you know, I mean, created. It's great
1: advice, man. You fly down here three times a week to be to be my honorary gringo to have conversations with?
0: Yeah, or there could be some other model there. Like, I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: I'd have to charge him about a million dollars an hour to fly you in three times a week. <laughs> but the the idea is like... I mean, I, I don't, I never got good at Spanish. I still haven't, but I haven't got good at Spanish until so I had the opportunity to use it. Like I can look at textbooks and go over grammar and all this stuff. But until you're really talking to somebody, especially in, in a native speaker, you're not going to, you're not going to learn the language. And you might not ever get that opportunity until, like if you can do it face-to-face in that setting, you're going to, you're going to grow a lot, right? So yeah. I that's another idea. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking like I need to pursue everything. But then yeah. I got to be very organized in my time, even even like with this show and, and all this crap. So, But, it, you know, if you get into like a, a, I say nine to five, but here it'd be like seven to six, seven to seven, then you're going to, then I don't know if I have the time or energy to to do that stuff. So that's, that's what I'm worried about.
0: Yeah. Well, this show, dude, is like not much of your time if we really break it down. And you don't do any creative stuff. You gotta be here
1: though. You have to be here mentally for at least an hour. You know, like you have to be here.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Even right now, like just, it took me like 10 minutes to be here. Now I'm here. (laughs) Right. And if I was worried about some fucking meeting or something stupid, like, I don't know. I I just need to create some positive energy one way or another. Mm -hmm. Like I need positive inertia and believe in something it, be, it, might be, it might be the belief might be, well, I have a job. I'm supporting my family and everything else is on the table. That might be enough positive energy. The other energy is like until – it's like a, a message from God where it's like until I renounce every other thing that I that I secretly bitch about, even you and I bitch about how we don't fit in corporate America, until I like renounce all that shit and get down to rock bottom, I'll never be completely happy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. I feel like it's almost a religious thing but I don't have the fucking courage or balls or energy to actually go the next step because I'm too bogged down right now with all the other shit happening.
0: Well, yeah, no fucking shit. Like the, the backdrop is, uh, sketchy communication with your former partner or however you want to phrase it, uh, potentially sketchy communication. Uh, it's changes that your kids have to deal with related to that. Uh, just...
1: And, and and I can't I can't do anything when I'm around my kids now, because I because right. now I'm like I gotta gotta have that time with them, right. so I I have a hard time being like all right, I gotta go work for a little while. You guys sit here and do nothing. I, I can't do that yet. Plus I have this this apartment it doesn't really not conducive to that. So like I gotta get them today, and that probably shuts me down through New Year's, which is cool. But there's all, not I have this now I have this thing where it's like I'm not doing anything moving towards a decision in anything my relationship, my job, but I'm also not... I can't neglect my time with them or, or, or can't neglect these feelings that I should be doing something else. I'm like frozen. Everyone's answer is probably like, you should go to therapy, you idiot. But that just puts a fucking financial burden on me that makes me feel worse.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. I feel like um, it's a tough one because like, you want you want some time to yourself, like you said, but there's not a whole lot. There's not a lot of. Um, I hate to use the term runway, but there's just not a lot of options for you yeah. to really uh, spend some time experimenting with things that are risky or, you know, not financially rewarding. It's just it's just the reality of being in middle age and having kids.
1: Right. I just got, I got to, I got to become a hustler too. People down here are good at hustling. Like for example, one thing I could do when I have access to money, it's pretty funny. People are, people rent, rent cars for Uber drivers here. And if my math is correct, you're getting like 60% return on your money. So if you, if you buy a a car for 10 grand, you're making five or 600 bucks a month and you're, and you're getting by, you know, in a year, you're making six grand. Yeah. So, so I need to find shit like that. It's like passive income. Why? Which I think the teaching English is kind of like that. It's just the numbers don't add up. So I think I need to have a couple of revenue streams to avoid the other thing. And if I can hustle, but but like it's got to, I got to do it. And I have to have a clear head to do it. And yep. I need to set a time where it's like, all right, that that's it. That's what you're going to do. You believe in it. Just figure it out. I need to have some of that figured out. I need to have some self-confidence too. I, I think I have definitely some self-confidence issues for some reason. I don't know if you, if you wow. see that or what.
0: I don't I, know. I do. I, I think there's some reasons for that in the current circumstance, but you know, the path of least resistance is to get a corporate job that you, you can, um, lean on for the stability that those jobs provide, but it's also a soul sucking endeavor.
1: Why do I have Um, the fear, man? I I talked about with another friend of mine who I work with and I'm like, why can't I just do that and but just not get emotionally invested? And then then it's just a matter of time. It just sucks my time, but like, why can't I do that?
0: Well, a career coach will tell you to keep that stability while you're building the plans for the other things you wanna do. That when you're unemployed is not the time to conceptualize it. And then the flip side is the entrepreneur will say, "Will tell you, you go all in uh, on whatever your idea is and it's go for broke. That's what an entrepreneur does. They believe in it and they give it everything. So it's kind of a two sides of the extreme there.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I I need I need some income. I mean I I don't need income right now because I have the severance, but I, I need to figure it out. And uh, it's all you know, it's all blessing and all all a curse. So what's your what's your I'm not ready I haven't not ready to do this yet <laughs> at all, but what would you say? Not that you have any experience in this, but I people are a lot of people now are, are kinda like, What are you doing, dude? Like why don't you take advantage as far as moving on, like dating and stuff? And I just haven't like can't see it. I don't know if we can put this in the show, but people are like, Why are you not like pl- why are you not like just getting after it? Like why are you not taking advantage of it? And I'm like, I it's the same it's the same interesting reaction that I found like about alcohol, or people are like, Why are you not drinking? Are you sick? And I and it seems like the logical advice would be like, hey, take your time, don't do anything stupid. You're not even sure if the other relationship is done, but everyone's like, "What are you doing, man? Get out there! You need to get out there. You need to, you need like I basically need to be some sort of man whore." And I'm like, "Why is that? You know?"
0: I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, man. How long you were married? Twenty year? You've been married twenty plus years? Yeah,
1: together. Like,
0: yeah. You're not just like, you're not just like take a hard left from that and all of a sudden just start banging random chicks. Just a lot it, of baggage that goes with having sex with somebody else anyway. And, and right. like, yeah, I, I'm not sounding like uh, the machismo guy that I do in my commercials, but hey, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be that easy. You could go do it, but I don't know how you're going to feel great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do it, but I, but I also like, I think, yeah, exactly. I think I I would feel like horrible for a while (laughs) like every time and it would be some weird like weird cycle so I don't know. I mean all that all that stuff is is weighing on me not necessarily that I just like people think that's I I guess why why I'm bringing it up is like a lot of men are not just men but a lot of people act like that's the solution for everything like that's that's kind of like how you get your mojo back and then through that everything else will come clear like and I'm like really
2: yeah. they might
1: be right you know where you're kind of like well you're like regaining your manhood and through that you have confidence to do other things but i'm like i don't know that seems like a way for me to be sitting in the dark feeling regretful and horrible for for a yeah. long time and yeah. and like and then have somebody else who could potentially might get emotionally and physically attached to me and then somebody else who might end up hating me or, all right or, yeah so
0: uh, I, yeah, I'd set a tar. Instead of that, I'd set a target for how many push ups you want to do consecutively or how far you want to jog. Uh, I don't think going around and banging big, biggity banging randoms is going to uh, uh, support you emotionally. You're, you're, it's not going to support your emotional health, in my humble opinion.
1: Right. Well, and not even just the act of sex, just the idea of letting other people in seems challenging right now. Like, Yeah it seems some form of of uh betrayal or something like that mm-hmm. so all right, Merry Christmas everybody hope you enjoy the episode
0: yeah that's good but that's
1: where I'm at man and and like the holidays makes it all heavier I I feel I actually feel pretty good for some reason today I was like oh, I'm starting to think about it all but you know, I got we did a lot of people. I appreciate everyone asking me how Christmas went with their kids. I will, I will. The updates for this week are: I went to back to the house where my family lives. We left the boxing gloves at the door. Got through it. Kids seem super happy, and I actually felt like the kids was kind of cool. Is, is we don't, especially at that age, but we don't. We we worry about kids, but we don't realize how how like intuitive they can be. Mm-hmm. And, and what I think made them happy wasn't like, I actually, I don't think they were like, oh they, mom and dad are going to get back together. It was like, we're all here. That, that, that's fine, right? Like I have two people, two parents that love me here. That that was enough for them. And right. I could see it. it was, like the relief wasn't, oh shit, we're going to be a family. It was just like, hey, we can get through an event without without any trauma together. It was like, they were the adults, you know?
0: So, yeah, so that went well. Yeah. I
1: mean, we did that, and then I took him to see Aquaman. Under, uh, I mean, it was about eighty five dollars because I saw it in four D, three D, some shit. I thought it sucked. My kids thought yeah. it was great. I dude, I haven't seen a good movie in like years. So we're seeing all oh, this like superhero, I saw a superhero, crap. superhero, yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, but man. they thought it was great, so that was good. And then and then I took him back to the to andrea's house their mom's and then they hung out with her so we did the morning together split time and and i have no scars no stitches well that's so christmas positive. went all right man
0: yeah it's positive how was your uh, christmas
1: buddy do you, you it was you,
0: good
1: your uh did you feel like the grinch or did you bring a positive spirit or no how, i was how chill How you perform dude
0: i was chill because i got all of my frustrations out via seniors ninety four. So I was chill. It was all good. Uh I got nothing to report, man. It was it was pretty solid all around. No drama.
1: All right. Well I will say this while we're updating our our friend Indy was at episode nine. Episode yeah, yeah She had her surgery. She's alive. She's okay.
0: Is so, she the one that said gringos wear clean sneakers?
1: That was probably her
0: yeah no i know she said that. <laughs> i it made a song been. about it
1: yeah, yeah. hilarious she, she's all right if anyone's worried about her she's okay i think we're we if we consider that we had something to do with jesse's healing and then indy's healing i think the show were two two and two and oh as far as people facing life-threatening things and coming sure. on and being healed i mean jesse might have been healed before us but I think uh, I think seniors ninety four is healed. The only person that's not getting healed right now is me. So
0: <laughs> But
1: you are. I am. Do you wanna set up a little bit what, what this episode is? Nah. How you felt about that or back back end it next week?
0: Nah, I'm gonna be honest. I feel kinda lazy this week. Like I'm not I don't want anything to do with the news. Just can't can't deal with it. And then you know, I don't even care that you don't have open mic. I'm just, Close. you know, it's a, it's a holidays. We deserve to just do a, a half-assed episode and, and leave it at that.
1: Closed mic this week, everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We deserve it.
1: Matt, Matt being a puss, dude. Self-loathing and, and stuck in his own fucking loser world. That's episode. Uh-huh. What episode is this, by the way? Are we double digits?
0: It should be 11. That's, so.
1: that's impressive, man. We're trying. We're I'm to I'm hoping. I don't know if you saw the email, but I'm hoping next week is, is a lighthearted, fun one. I have some. I have some. Some. Uh, I feel like that's what we need. Well, it's yeah. get. It's getting heavy, bro. We went colon cancer, hysterectomy. A little bit about this week is uh, related to our drinking and and moving on with your life. I think we need a, a more of a Barton and Bailey style circus, fun, clown episode.
0: Yep. I agree. Well, all right, man. Well, I'm going to stop recording. Happy New
1: Year, Lance. Happy New Year, buddy.
0: Yeah, you too, buddy. Introducing the Apothecary Scale Parenting Method. The Apothecary Scale Parenting Method delivers compelling results for two parent families interested in raising balanced kids. Here's how it works. In any feedback conversation with your kids, one parent takes the encourager role and the other takes the demoralization role. If little Henry comes home from school worried about a low test score he got on his math test, Dad says, You know, son, failure's a part of life. People often learn the most from failure. I believe in you, and I know you'll keep working hard to build your math skills. Mom says, Why don't you throw yourself in front of your school bus tomorrow, because you're such a worthless dumbass. You suck at math, and that means you'll work low-paying jobs the rest of your life. See how the two messages from Dad and Mom cancel each other out? if little henry comes home after winning the 200 meter sprint at his middle school track meet mom says i'm so proud of you henry you trained so hard and it paid off success in sports and life comes from hard work and you are a hard worker henry dad says Fuck the 200, Henry. The 100 is what the fast kids run. Quit being a pussy and challenge yourself. If you're satisfied beating a bunch of white special needs kids at the 200, then fine, be a little bitch. Order our digital training content today to learn more about countervailing parenting techniques. The apothecary-scale parenting method. Because children are wonderful creatures of God and also total pieces of shit. Matt, uh, welcome to the men's room. We got an old friend, Jake, up in this mother effer. And what up? It's good to have him here, man. It's been so long to see this guy. Looks the same. He looks the same,
1: dude. He must know somebody in the skincare industry because he looks—he looks amazing, <laughs> dude.
0: Yeah. yeah. There you go. No, he's a strong, got a strong jaw. He's a strong, handsome man. So it's good <laughs> to have him here because we only interview hot dudes. Oh, that's, hey, that's our specialty.
1: Do we look like we're almost fifty? I don't think you guys do. I, I it's so weird. No,
0: you guys look good. I do because I'm bald. Yeah, but
1: oh well, Matt, you I, look you got a good head. Yeah, you look good, Matt. Flowing. Ah, by the way, you're talking. I think you're talking about uh, skincare, but in our chat, I, I have a feeling that the humidity helps skin. So I've been living in the jungle for like ten years. I, I think it, oh, it must, is that why you're so glowing? Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing that Colorado and Arizona, places where you've lived, they're terrible for skin, right? Oh, Colorado. The the dryness and the right, yeah. Yeah.
2: My wife's the expert. It seems plausible to me for sure about the humidity.
1: All right, I think we got that recorded, Lance. We can wrap this episode (laughs) up. Ah, Perfect. All right, it's
2: nice (laughs) seeing you guys.
0: Yeah, man, it is good to see you. And Matt, appreciate that tangent. That that'll add a lot of value to the show.
1: Merry Christmas. (laughs) Everybody, by the way, happy holidays.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, folks that uh, listen to us regularly, all three of you, uh, we caught up with Jake <laughs> on the side, so you don't have to listen to that. We decided we want to talk about, as a topic, just booze. Uh, I don't know what level alcoholism, um, just the role alcohol has had in our lives, both when we were younger and, and even to today. So, Jake, you're in Seattle now. Um yep. You know, it's a depressing place. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, the weather's the weather's bad. I, I, just to kick it off with a silly question: You think people drink more there, relative to like where you came from, Arizona?
2: I don't. I don't know. I I do think there's something to be said about the weather and how it affects you physically and mentally. That's for sure. Like one of the yeah. first things people said to us when we moved here um, was, you know, make sure you take vitamin D. You're not going to get a lot of sunlight because that 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 would that definitely affects you so if you're not motivated to sort of get out of the house the weather here will give you a lot of excuses to stay inside so like that's one of the things my brother i mean from a past episode of the the men's room my brother appeared and he lives in seattle as well and he told me early on he said just just live your life get outside so to answer your question maybe maybe Maybe. being a shut-in If you're like not getting outside and being motivated, you know, what are you going to do in your house? It's like all those people that were drinking or doing whatever they're doing too much because they were in the house all day and they get bored, you know, almost, you know, so maybe. What is is the weather like?
1: I mean, I kind of know, but is it like what you'd imagine Seattle, just a constant drizzle or like what's the situation?
2: it's a rainy season. The rainy season is a lot longer than I think any
1: other rainy season. Right.
2: So um, I'm not an expert. I can't say that I am, but you know, right. It, it's just a lot of, there's a lot of weather. It's a lot of, a lot of rain, but then, you know, you get, you get some pockets there, August through September and October. They're really nice, but you're going to get some off and on rain for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, Jake, Jake, you are, you're a very measured fella. So I'm just going to say what the <laughs> truth is. Seattle, Seattle is a wasteland of rain and water and alcoholics. (laughs) So,
1: my experience living in a place with weather going the thing about Colorado is you get so much sunshine, it's even when it's cold, it's like kind of rehabilitating. And I'm sure Arizona obviously is the same way, but you got to deal with the heat. But living in the Midwest through the winter, definitely people eat and drink more there than anywhere I've ever been. And, and absolutely crush, like in St. Louis, where you're like, man, I can, we talked about on a few episodes, people bragging about how much they can drink. It's like, go go to the Midwest. You're a lightweight. Trust me. Right, like, right. Th- those people can crush. So weather definitely will encourage drinking. But then I'm sure in Arizona, you always get that party vibe where it feels like it's a summer day every day where people are like, let's go outside barbecue and have a few beers.
2: Yeah, that's true. You definitely have that. You definitely have yeah. that. I think people are trying to stay pool ready more in warmer climates. Right. So like mm-hmm. <clears throat> Seattle, maybe the Midwest. Cause I spent some time in Chicago growing up. Like, you know, it's real easy to put on a, a sweatsuit and just roll out, you know, and just eat and drink whatever you want. You know, you know, you know, like, you know, so
1: yeah. that's right. You don't even need to get dressed up. Nobody cares. It's just like, <laughs> nobody cares.
2: That's true. Wall-
1: wallow in the grayness of the sky for six months. Just, just like, yeah, be a part of it. That's right. So, but you're happy up there, sounds like Seattle.
2: <laughs> yeah, like it's unbelievable. The way we set it up, yeah, it's unbelievable. No, 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 we're definitely doing great out here for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so uh, just just talking about booze, uh, and I'll open with my first story with booze is I snuck uh, alcohol on the eighth grade bus and shared it with people riding into Horizon Middle School.
1: Are you with that kid, dude,
0: in eighth grade? W- yeah, dude. Wow, it was a one-time thing, but it just felt so exhilarating. Schnapps and, and huh? Schnapps. Uh, I think it was Bacardi. Mm-hmm. Bacardi, yeah. Okay. It it was exhilarating. Uh, I was getting a lot of props for it, but the alcohol thing generally, like, there's um, I don't want to say there's any there's like a mystique to it, but there's definitely a competition aspect to it that you know it started early in middle school where it's like. Yeah, look at I'm cool because I tried this, and I was one of those guys. And then you get into college, especially, it's like, oh, look at this guy's a pussy; He can only drink six. And <laughs> you, you get into that competition piece of it, or who who can hold who can hold more liquor? That ultimately, as we get to our age, we just realize how fucking stupid all that was. But any stories in uh, high school, college, of just tomfoolery or complete absurdity with alcohol?
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think like taking it back and we were chatting earlier. So Matt, you had mentioned, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer. I definitely was. I didn't get involved with, um, drinking anything because I had, um, I just wasn't interested in it. And it was kind of like smoking and drinking together. My parents smoke and they drink and I just, and they had friends who drank and it was kind of around it a lot. So like early on, I wasn't turned on by it at all. Like I saw kind of like what was, what was happening, what was down. And I was like, "Mm, you know, not really for me. So it wasn't until later in high school, but I do remember that first time I went, I went to a party. I I forgot, Matt, you may have even been there. Who knows? I don't know. But it was around, it was around junior year or something like that. And there was a keg and I would, I would always say yeah i'll drive everybody i'll drive everybody i'll drive everybody because i just didn't really want to partake but i started to have like one beer and then at some point i just sat by the keg and i was just kind of like talking to everyone and and i probably drank like two and a half red dogs or something <laughs> something stupid right oh yeah red dog and, and red dog yeah. and, you know highly potent beer right back in the day and i got mm-hmm. buzzed for the first time and i felt like I just remember going, whoa, and just feeling in a certain way. And then at that point, I was like, ah, this is what everybody's talking about. So I remember running up and down the street and getting all hype because, oh, this is what I've been missing. And I was inserted into a party culture anyway because my parents, my friend's parents, and it just kind of expanded from there. But that's what comes to mind as as an opener. But I I remember, (laughs) I'll never forget running up and down that street going,
1: ah, man, this
2: is great you know just stupid like i think back at that i'm uh,
0: like what an idiot what an I, idiot! I, it's so funny I, I did all of that actually do you remember the time in college where some uh we were at this house party house and dudes wanting to beat you up and <laughs> don't you don't remember uh, a bunch of african-american dudes uh and Greeley?
2: oh and when i went to go visit you maybe one
0: yeah once, yeah you know? and they came out wanting to fight and i kind of got in front of it and then was about oh, to fight him. But anyway, I was wasted. The point is, I just sprint really fast and, and ran away from him.
2: That's right. That, like, so the, this is the kind of stuff that just comes back, right? I mean, right. maybe stuff that we don't want to remember, but then you you, know, you jog your memory. But like, yeah, I do remember that now.
1: That's all fun, though, back then. It was all fun. It is. Drinking was fun back then, yeah?
2: I remember Lance going, hey, you know, he got involved because like things were going south. I remember that and then I remember you going I'm the fastest white boy in town or something like that and just ran down the street as like a diversion tactic or Well something. they chased
0: me they fucking yeah. chased me for at least two blocks but in any case yes uh, running through the street loaded is is part of the game but I remember in high school too just there's, there's you remember your first interactions with yourself buzzing and for whatever reason I would just get I'd, I'd get into the bathroom and I'd look into the mirror and I'd just be like yeah yeah, I don't know. I just point at myself and be like, Yeah, motherfucker, yeah. That was my uh, okay, you're buzzed. This is fun. Uh, signal. Did you have a signal, Matt? Where you're like, aye, right, here we go. No, but I, I remember I don't know, like it obviously had probably
1: some sort of way to get attention and think you were cool. And I, I just remember for some reason I was I was between several different groups of people. Even like we we're talking about baseball, football snowboarders and i was it seemed like i was always like planning the the parties like i always had the the information on where the party was and, I, and then i don't know why but that that was probably something where i felt cool or valued you know being like yeah. in that scene i mean i was probably a pretty late bloomer too i don't remember anybody getting trashed like we we're freshmen or sophomores it's a little later on but i but i have some memory i remember one memory i had is i think no oh, we got some jack daniels or something and i drank a shitload of it and we ended up on at a denny's and i was like entertaining the whole restaurant like for like an hour like i was standing up like table to table like a politician or something i just and then i remember the next day we were going snowboarding we had to wake up at like 6:30 and i and i was like i don't have a hangover like i, I thought i was like a drinking superhero you remember when, like when you were young you never got any hangovers and i was yeah. just like what's not to like about this i just met like 30 people we're all like, "This guy's great. He's so funny." And I woke up went snowboarding. Nothing happened, and I was like, "This is the life for me, man. This is good." <laughs> and another memory I had: Senior Day, where we had it. We were out at like that lake, Aurora Reservoir. Remember that? Uh
0: huh. Oh um, yeah. yeah.
1: And I went and got some forties again. Party planner. And uh, at like ten in the morning, I got like these king cobra forties, nasty <laughs> shit ever. I was like Billy D. Williams. I know he was cold forty five. And yeah, I pounded him in his car and his escort, and just immediately vomited because nobody should drink a forty like in under three minutes.
2: it was early, it was early too, right?
1: But I remember going. I can't go to this thing like without drinking. Like, what what kind of loser does that? You know, I, I it's right. like so dumb. But I was just like, yeah, of course, dude. I'm a senior. <laughs> Got a party.
0: Yeah. So Jake, do you? That's yeah. a, that's funny. I actually remember drinking a forty that had been sitting in the back car. Of uh, your car, I think for a long time, yeah, and it, and it made me puke. But Jake, did, could, was there a lot of fun like outside of partying for you in uh, you know high school and college era? Because I just remember all the fun seemed to be centered around.
2: It was all it was all centered around when you started drinking, and then yeah. what you were drinking during. The event was <clears throat> the event was secondary, and it really kind of set the tone for you know, going forward, right? So, like, you plan a vacation. You're like, oh, man, is it all inclusive? You know, (laughs) stuff like that. Like, you start managing your life. But it's definitely – that was – but that – it was so accepted in college. And and, and once I got rolling in high school because I met some Smoky Hill friends and they were always drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I – it became that that it was all centered around that. It was like, all right, we're going to the we're going to the state championship game for Eagle Quest High School, watch these two fools play. Like, well who's gonna score before the game? Well what are we gonna have? We're we gonna meet out in the parking lot, we're we gonna go to somebody's house.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and then all right, you can't do too much because you don't wanna get you know, this all this it's planning and pre-planning. It's the start of a very long relationship, right? And you're just like, How do you manage this relationship? Every, all day, all the time. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm that
0: go ahead. Go ahead, Matt.
1: Nah, no, just gonna say, say. Well, I know you. So you said you're a late bloomer, but you, I definitely party with you and your friends in Fort Collins and Greeley. You picked it up pretty quickly. You got good at it.
2: Yeah, well, you're in, in the jeans.
1: You're a happy drunk, though. I never, I never saw you with some dark side. You, you, you were fine. Which is, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I never really got so trashed that I did anything stupid. And, and all that really does is prolong your drinking career. Because some people need to have that moment where they almost kill mm-hmm. themselves or fuck, fuck up a relationship. And then they go, I, I need to slow down. But I never right. really did anything stupid. And and so I, I just kept drinking. And then I actually think that's been my reputation my whole life up in the Because even people down here are probably like, this gringo is a dude that's drinking at a, at a seven-year-old's birthday party. In my head, I'm like, "Why wouldn't you? It's a party. What are you gonna sit there and watch these little fuckers like run around and do nothing? Like, might as well have a couple of beers." You're but right. uh, yeah, it's followed me my whole life, and I, I don't have a problem with it. But but like, you're right. You it, it, you don't you don't realize until you get out of it how much your plan, like everything you plan, is almost around drinking. Once you get into it, like if you're into it, mm-hmm. yeah, whether you're an alcoholic or just a guy who likes to drink, it's in the back of your mind for everything you do. At some mm-hmm.
0: point,
1: and that's like, that's what that's what's nice to get away from, you know, to not have to worry about it. Like I, I, never did anything stupid, but just not have to worry about how I'm gonna get get alcohol is nice. Which is where I'm at right now.
0: But yeah, you when feel you... that I'm
1: burdening. Sorry, go ahead, Lance.
0: Oh, right, yeah, no, good, good question. Go well, ahead, I don't
1: have we a, have we. So I, I'll just say this, and Jake or Lance, you guys can follow up where you're at with alcohol. I quit drinking January second. 23 yeah what year is it 23 yeah so i'm I'm coming up on a year now i don't like to say a year of sobriety that sounds like i t-boned a school bus or something i just i haven't had a drink for like for like a year it wasn't court ordered or or anything like that so i haven't had a a drink in a year so how do you feel uh this, I, I, you know, you think you hear stories of people like the day I quit drinking was the day my life started. None of that shit actually happened for me. Like, <laughs> I, if my I feel the same. I just, I've had less hangovers in 23 than I've had. And <laughs> I, I have a little more money than I probably have. And, right. uh, and I'm probably the most boring person ever now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I have a friend who also slowed down drinking. He's like, the issue, you don't quit like having fun or being in a party mood it's like like people like i quit drinking so some people just get so lame and and they just Mm -hmm. stop doing anything like i'm not going to go to the barbecue because i don't drink it's like no you got to keep your festive attitude right maintain your social attitude without the booze so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do that but you still have moments you're like everyone around me is trash and, and these people are sound like morons you know but if you can keep the spirit alive, but not the not the need to get trash, that's that's the ultimate mix, you know.
2: Yeah, no, I probably says something about your, uh, you know, it, just the way that you presented
1: yourself when you are
2: drinking with being happy, and good mood, not this dark, depressing drunk guy, right? So you probably just carry that, have that same attitude, just not enhanced with alcohol. So yeah, yeah I mean, I think you know. So just. We were talking earlier. I'll be I've I've not drank since February. So it'll be three years this February. Um so it it is it's been a journey in itself to get to three years for me. Once I started drinking, it definitely picked up pace. We've mentioned that, and then it kind of lived in that world that we we mentioned about planning around it and making everything. You know your vacation or this concert or whatever, whatever. It just goes on and on and on, doesn't stop, kind of a thing. And, and I was one of those where, yeah, I was in a good mood, but it just became more frequent. It definitely put me in some positions that was affecting my life for sure, and I had to make some decisions. And it was like it, I always liken it to when I think about it. I think about it as a a relationship that you know starts off pretty great. You know, it was a lot of fun, you know, some crazy times and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, you, you go through this middle patch of it and it's all right, but it's still cool. It's what you do. And then things get then it just kind of wears out. It's welcome. You know, you you get to the point where you're like, mm, well, I've done this before and it ain't that great. And it ain't that fun. I know the end result of this. And physically, you just can't keep up with it. Or at least my body couldn't physically. It's just the hangovers and everything associated with it. This is not worth it in for, anymore for me. So yeah, so it's been about three years. And yeah, it's definitely unburdening for sure because I don't think that way anymore. It's amazing what mentally will happen with your brain when you're locked into, I got to plan my life around this one thing. Then all of a sudden you're not doing it anymore. And if you can cross that bridge to where you're mentally not thinking about that, it opens up so much for you to do, to have fun, different <clears throat> ideas, you know, like, well, where are we going to drink this weekend? All of a sudden you have great ideas about having fun, doing other stuff that doesn't involve it. And it's, it's not
0: necessarily accessible
2: when you're in the middle of it. It's pretty wild. So it's been a journey for
0: sure, but it's been good for me. It sounds like it was like a social uh, environment where you would uh, do the most damage here. Like you'd have, like the weekend was like probably your time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Was it work stuff too or work parties? Well, or just- I mean,
2: it started, it, it was all, it all started right there, social time. And then when mm-hmm. things went wrong, it just was in times when everybody else wasn't doing it, right, it became part of the norm and it became managing, manage the, ma- managing it. It's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm feeling this way. And then you're like, well, you know what makes your hangover feel a little bit better? Hmm, some vodka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that becomes something else. And then it becomes something else. And, you know, just uh, it was a relationship that needed to end. So it's been good for me. Not for everybody, yeah. for sure. But
1: it's definitely good for me. You think you're done, dude? Sorry. What's that? You think you're done? Like, yeah, but you see yourself so. like, oh, I might be able to have a beer every once in a while. I just got to go, um, go. At all, this all point.
2: At, yeah, no, it's a great question. At this point, I just don't see the um, the benefit in it to do it. Like, I mean, I can't say that I'm that, um, I can't see the future (laughs) and I don't know where my, I'm going to be mentally physically, you know, 10 years down the road or whatever it is. Like, but I mean, I'm not going to say that I make a decision here and there, but I think at this point, I just don't see the benefit in it. It's been so much good that's come back to me since I've moved this one thing out of my life that I want to keep that momentum rolling, you know? So it's been really good.
1: Uh, How did you do it?
2: I stopped. There was some Just traumatic cold stuff. That happened. What's that? Cold turkey. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no 12 steps. No. Uh...
2: Well, you know, I mean, I tried all that kind of stuff.
1: Um, oh, really? The, oh, yeah. Wow.
2: The, I, I went to I went to some some meetings. You know, that's part of that. I, I kind of threw myself into it and I said, hey, you know, what's this all about? You know, and I got involved in it a little bit, you know, and I took from it what I needed and what what worked for me kind of a thing. And. You know, and Mm -hmm. I'm not super preachy about it. If people ask me, I tell them, but obviously that's the, that's what we're doing here. But, you know, I, I tried all that kind of stuff, spent some time getting, getting, getting my body back to where it needs to be so it can be strong again and not dependent and all that stuff. Uh, But now that I'm on the other side of it, you know, back to your question, would I do it again? Right now, it's, it's really not even close to the top, top of the list for me. And that's really refreshing because it used to be way top yeah. of the list, you know? Yeah. So for me, that's, it's really exciting for me personally. So, and it's yeah. been nothing but great. Right.
1: Congrats, buddy.
0: Yeah, Appreciate it. When, Sorry, when did you, I wasn't you... there
1: for you during the journey.
2: <laughs> you're, you're here for me right now. It's, it's yeah. all part of the journey. Man. Cut, I cut Lance it. off. All right,
0: go get all
1: him, right. buddy. It'll
0: Sorry, happen anyways. 10 more times. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, what, what were some signs where you were starting to get concerned? Like what were some things you were just like, okay, enough of this shit. This is even, even maybe you weren't ready to, to give it up, but I'm just curious what that journey was before recovery.
2: Yeah. So there was, there was uh stuff that mentally I would be like, yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I need to address this, but I'll do it next week or I'll do it next month. You know, I, I just kind of knew my heart and soul understood that this needed to end kind of thing, mm-hmm. or just the relationship <laughs> needed to stop, you know? And it, and eventually there was, there was some traumatic events that were outward, you know, that were like, all right, you know, now everybody's clued in and all this thing. Because if you are somebody that can maybe hold your liquor or whatever mm-hmm. and be somewhat happy, then
0: mm-hmm.
2: nobody, it's really socially accepted.
0: Absolutely. And you
2: like, you know, you're part of the you're part of the solution. You're part of the, hey, we're all here watching the game drinking. You know, we're all here doing this and this. I knew when I was outside of those boundaries and it became something that my body, I was trying to physically keep my body in check and I was trying to manage other things with it that things were going way south. So,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but yeah. But there were definite, definite warning signs. But I blew fast, blew, I blew past a couple of them for sure. You know, like oh yeah, that was a blip. No, it's all good. It's all good. You know,
0: so what? Well, what was the underlying emotion? Was Was it like were you? Uh, was it fear? Was it uh, self loathing that you were kind of like I gotta clean this up. I'm a piece of shit, or I'm afraid I'm gonna do something crazy.
2: Uh, that I the fear that I didn't 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 take action. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like the.
1: Did fear, so, some, sometimes did fear amor- assists your decision. Like, yeah.
2: Uh the motivator. Um, yeah, the motiv- yeah, the motivator for me that knowing at that point um, is that I came to the real realization that this was a thing that was managing me. I was no one, no longer in control. Mm. Like I lost control at one point, where this thing was. You know, this this thing was like, all right, this thing's telling me I can't go to this vacation because it doesn't have this, this and this, you know, like it, that it was it was a, a trap feeling is probably mm-hmm. the best way to put it. it is a feeling like kind of locked in and you're like, oh, man, well, how am I going to go on this? I remember vividly, like, how am I going to go on this trip when it requires um, a long flight, like 10, 12 hours? How am I going to manage you know, doing that while having to be normal around people and not in a party mood, but knowing that I might need a couple drinks on the way. How am I going right. to manage that? So you start doing all this wild stuff, like to, to manage it in secret and the, to clue everybody in. Everybody knows anyway. You think you're doing everything in the dark. <laughs> it all they comes knew. to light at some point, but everybody kind of knew anyway. But yeah, that 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 trap feeling was uh, it's probably the worst because you know i have free will i mean and the, if this thing's going to take away my free will that's that's some right. bullshit you know so yeah that was probably and the motivator
0: re- related cuz i was curious about this as you were talking your family um that you they knew like i don't know your brothers your parents i mean did they know or or was it your wife yeah
2: i think so i think i wasn't it wasn't to the point where everyone was like Oh, we had no idea, you know, it, it, yeah, it just seems like I, when I was in the throes of it or whatever, however you want to characterize it, I always felt like I was getting away with some shit, you know, like, ah, sneaky, I got this done. I'm still being a good dad. I'm mm-hmm. still showing up at work, you know, but really yeah. and truly this thin ice and people were probably aware you know yeah. whether or not they verbalized it i just yeah so i don't know nobody came to me and said hey you need to get your shit in line nobody did that but
1: everyone started to notice the rough edges for sure yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. met i don't know if you want to talk about this but you mentioned like so your your parents were, were fun people like to party your your brothers i don't know about your wife but was there any pushback where people were like jake what are you talking about you don't have a problem you know like yeah it's for sure. like you're just one of us to- yeah, yep. I get that too. Um, but how many people you think are out there like you, like we're like you, what you define there? What some people might call like a functional alcoholic. You're still a good dad, still a good employee, at least on the surface. I think there's almost everybody is is that like so many people are are riding that. I feel like maybe.
2: I mean, I mean, I looking at it from the outside, from a different perspective now. I see people in my life. You know, whether it be friends of friends or whatever, I can kind of view a situation and be like, ah, I recognize that, and mm. you know, it's not my place, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it is what it is. So you I think, carry around a stack of brochures
1: with you now. Everywhere you <laughs> yeah. go, You're like, are you are like, I am mean, gonna go have that beer. Are you, Tom? Why
2: don't yeah, you read no, this? I'm not not at all. I mean, everybody like, I don't know. Yeah, I do. Free not will, know. right? Free I, will. I, I just like it's just like anything. I feel like whether it be booze or whatever people have to learn their own path you know they it's not going to click if i tell them anything kind of thing if they ask me i tell them but that's about it really
1: do you guys have a, a do you have either you have an idea what you think a what you think an alcoholic is and b like what's too much like i used to always be like i mean i have a couple beers every night a couple might be six but i might have it every night and i'm and it didn't necessarily affect much but but if you if you read stuff or you look at the math you're like that's a lot of that's a lot of beers over the course of time if you're drinking a few every night or 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 women or, or men that have a bottle of wine every night if you add it up it's actually a lot The yeah. like what's i know it's all personal what's what's your idea of an alcoholic or too much but like what was it for you jake like or, or lance i know lance you don't really drink much either anymore i don't know if, if that was a decision or just dwindling down but like what's too much you know like how do you define that
2: uh for me i really personally
1: so i define it personally
2: like i said before i think it's everybody's journey right so if somebody might be andre the giant and they can you know get three six <laughs> three thirty packs and they you know and then have a have a couple of meals and they're good just because of physiology or whatever right i think really When anything becomes a problem in how you manage your life, you know, if you are fucking up at work because of it or whatever, you know, you're getting into car wrecks on the road, you're not being a dad or, you know, a husband, all that stuff, you know, because some people are just a little bit more addictive,
1: you know, you got kicked out of Motley Crue. (laughs) <laughs> That's fine, dude.
2: there's so many I love there, there are so many I don't want to shit on it so much because there are some really defining moments that were a lot of fun in my life when when yep. I was boozing and I had a lot of good uh, conversations with people and all this stuff you know it's just for me the time the time was over and it just was it was obvious and I think you just personally listen to yourself you're like yeah you know like Matt you made a decision and it sounds like Lance I don't know where your what your deal is but like you know i don't i don't even remember you lance being much of a drinker at all like we'd man. just be kind of play be foolish with it i remember that was the most fun like you know yeah. just be doing dumb stuff you guys were talking about 40s and It just mentioned to me it just reminded me the only re- reason you were bringing a 40 to the senior day mad was probably because he saw boys in the hood or something like that like i love that movie
1: man <laughs> i love it
2: oh yeah 40s we'll get 40s and it
1: was so in that in back then you know it's so it's cheap it's aggressive (laughs) it's strong it's like so many things to like about a 40 you know yeah yeah but my my wife still drinks and Mm -hmm. i don't yeah
2: i mean like and the relationship is definitely the same but different right when you go to a party and you're with a bunch of people that are boozing and you're not drinking it's easy to keep up the spirit like for me because i'm in it i'm engaged i'm having conversations but at some point there's a repeating record that happens and i'm yeah. like i'm out i'm like <laughs> i'm going yeah. to
1: bed yep. yeah i mean we've Dude, done that's this the best like just yeah. leaving that thing and being like yeah no nope, gonna put the jammies on See yeah later. i'm gonna go watch the dateline yeah, so so
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> date yeah that's so great I, my thing though you know you think you're gonna like lose weight and shit sure you look like you don't need to lose weight but I start, once I stopped drinking, all I wanted was like sweets. Um I would never do this in a million years, be like, oh I'm gonna get some chocolate cake at eleven thirty at night or, or like ice cream. So I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's cause your body turns alcohol into sugar or something like that. I don't know if it's a f- fizzy physiological, is that a word? Thing. Um yeah. I would be I would pound sweets for a while you know, now. That, yeah. That's true. We were
2: just actually talking about that. Me and my wife and uh, my buddy uh, Jason, which, which I've known forever, he was talking my wife and he was like, what does Jake want for Christmas? What, what's his deal nowadays? I don't know. You know, and they're always joking, like I can't get him a 40 anymore, you know, like, you know, stuff, shit like that. And, and they're like, uh, well, my wife's like, well, he likes, you know, he likes sweets. And I think <laughs> there is something to that because alcohol creates, you know, creates sugar. It's a lot of sugar in it. And then once you're not it, with it anymore, you, you look for it. So yeah, I mean, holidays, man, baked goods, watch out, forget
0: yeah. about it. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: If also, you're like at a party, you're like, I don't want to listen to these fuckers. You're just sitting over there near the sweet stable, just crushing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> instead of listening to these fools. Like, oh, Crush you to try those cookies? Oh,
0: boy. Yeah. <laughs> look at this one. That's a little Santa Claus there.
1: Oh, look at this uh, one. God.
0: Yeah, for me for me guys, alcohol was and you know, this will sound like I was really thoughtful about it when I was younger, but I wasn't, but it, it was more of like a tool or permission to be my wacky, absurd self or to do some of the absurd public things that I always was craving to do. Yeah. And I truly I probably remember too, Jake. I mean, one beer, maybe two beers, and then I would immediately jump into the most absurd things I could do it wasn't even about the alcohol. It was just sort of like, ah, oh, yes, this thing right here gives me, gives me permission to fucking go bananas, go ape shit. And nobody will say anything. They'll accept yeah. it. They'll say he's so wasted. So many times people thought I was so fucking wasted. And I barely scratched the surface on a beer. Right. And, uh, You didn't you didn't need booze to sing like or or did you guys did you guys was drinking part?
1: I know drinking was part of the fun of the band, but did you guys need to pregame to get the courage? We had a beer
0: or two, maybe. I I don't know about you. You did. Yeah,
1: I did because there was an anxiety
2: thing that happened. So Uh. that would be a calming factor, which would be another reason. You know, it becomes part of your management of your life. You know, like, oh, well, this drink will help me calm down.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: What was your level? I had a level. like If I had two or three drinks, I was fucking Richard Pryor. But if I had like six, (laughs) I was terrible. If I had one, I was just kind of like, hi, kind of tight. Did you have a limit? Like, all right, this is my sweet spot to do a show. Uh, It could be too much, that's for sure. We were doing a lot of technical shit in that band.
0: Well, we uh, we had (laughs) some conflict around that at some point because people would bring us shots and I would just fucking throw them on the ground or, you know, and... You know, you and I don't remember Dave. Maybe Dave too. Definitely John, John. John would definitely. You can't have your drummer buzzing, man. The timing goes away, and the whole band.
1: Yeah, you guys could tell. You could tell when he had a buzzer. Uh-huh. Like, oh, it gets slow.
0: It gets.
2: you have the rhythm play. section. Yeah, it's just like drumming and and driving. Like you you're driving, and your buzz.
0: You drive a little slower. You're like, oh, like, the fills like. <laughs> <"D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d." No mind. laughs> we ha- so, you know
1: that's that's uh so but what do you do about that like did you guys have a a, uh intervention or what like how how do you because you're all doing it too right so it's hard to point fingers
0: yeah and none of us are really very apt at conflict resolution and having open conversations at that stage in our life so i think we probably just bitched at each other here and there as what i remember i probably got angry i was usually the one to kind of be a dick uh uh, I don't know that we ever resolved anything or came to like a guideline of how to use it appropriately.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, we didn't go far enough. I'm sure it would have been something that we would have had to resolve. If we would have gotten further yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, that's all I see. I see that in you, Lance, when you, I just remember you in high school too, you would um, get some crazy outfits cutting off the sleeves i yeah, do yeah. remember the cheeseburger in the pocket thing you would do that was <laughs> that was epic but like you know it that uh, almost makes sense it's kind of a license like oh the is so wasted look at him he's doing this crazy stuff i mean those greely parties at the what'd you call it the silo what was that thing
0: Some um, some uh, crazy the bungalow bungalow, the bungalow.
2: <laughs> yeah you know some some funny stuff for sure
0: yeah it's I mean, there were times, don't get me wrong, where I was wasted and puking. It's just over the long haul, it was never that thing. But uh, I like what you said about some of your best memories are, you know, alongside your friend alcohol, because I, I look at like some of my uh, most bombastic, most vivid, fantastical memories, if not most of them, to be quite honest. Came alongside my buddy alcohol and my my license to fucking act crazy, so yeah. I can think of my friend and I dressed up as Chippendales in Halloween at college, and you can imagine how much attention and absurdity that was. I remember gathering dudes and singing crazy songs about our penises, like in parties <laughs> and just bringing people around and just doing crazy crazy stuff. That was all good natured, but like I can't. Think of anything in the corporate world or any other, um, you know, just normal life memory that rises to, uh, those alcohol memories. That's, that's the funny thing. Uh, or I don't know if it's funny. That's probably the cruel thing. That's a good point, right? I mean, some really some of those experiences. Stuff.
2: Yeah. Those experiences that will stick in your brain. Um, you were loose enough or the mood was what it was. You were in the environment with your buddies you know, I mean, that absolutely applies. And when I was saying earlier, it had a, that was a lot of the early stuff for me, for sure. And yeah. then when you're trying to have a party by yourself or you're trying to manage your life, it's just not that fun anymore. <laughs> you know, you're not. Party one. Not as cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not
2: the what
0: same. are you doing that? Like, what are you actually doing in that scenario? You're in front What's- of a computer or you're like hanging out on the couch, like watching sports? Like, what do you mean? Oh, I could
1: could have been okay. any of that stuff for sure yeah could have been anything but um but you weren't were you like to a point where you're like in a dark room like i don't know hiding bottles around the house or in your office or anything like that or like were, you know where you're sneaking a couple couple podcasts well, so, so nobody could smell it and before a meeting what i was like what
2: I, what I will say is that because of the prolong it, it just it because the relationship went on too long i will say that all that stuff was on the table because if, if it's managing you, which it was managing me at that point, um, I was looking for um, ways to always be uh, present. And if you felt like you weren't because you weren't, I'm going to be kind of vague here. When you're not partying or you are doing that when you're not in a party situation and it's a Tuesday or something, you have to mentally think about okay, well, how am I going to do this? So like hiding and trust stuff yeah. comes into play. Mm-hmm. All that stuff comes into play, um, and that's when you know you're you're in a different place with it, right? It's not standing in a circle with your buddies dressed as Chip and Dale's anymore, right? It's, it's a different, <laughs> a
1: different, different thing completely. So, but yeah. if it is, then it's really fucked up. <laughs> like it's Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. I got a meeting, and I'm standing with four dudes in a Chippendale outfit. Yeah, I gotta I gotta it. edit
0: that out. <laughs> I it takes some real hubris to fucking dress up like a Chippendale. What a fucking man. pussy. I did man, Jake, I wish time. uh I wish
1: I, I wish you lived closer to me. Yeah, man. You're a, you're an and look at man. Yeah. Come on down. Yeah. Well, I'll tell huh. you this though. I don't know what you guys think. Well, this is what, what I miss besides all that camaraderie shit and fun. Is like, I, I love having a drink after I did something, whether my, like a long run or surfing or sitting on the beach. Like that was, that was, you know, that, that those are good beers where you, mm-hmm. you actually accomplish something. But, but it get, it also gets to the point, like you said, Jake, where you're like, if I just get, if I just surf for a couple hours, I can have a, have a couple drinks, you know? it's yeah. like oh, I got to do this to earn those drinks, which might mm-hmm. be a little better way to do it. But like, you know, it's, but those are some good ass beers, man. After you, pl- after you play some basketball or run or exercise like that, I do miss that. And I, I might go, I might go back to that. You know, I, I don't, I'm yeah. not going to be hiding vodka bottles under my desk, but, but a beer on the yeah. beach, it's like, why can't I have a beer on the beach? You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a lunatic for Christ's sake, but, the, but those are, those are, I miss that, man. I do miss that. But then again, I'm surfing. I'm in the sunset. There's, these beautiful tropical birds flying around and and surfers that take care of their bodies out in the water. It's like, why do I need beers, man? Everything's good around here at the same time, you know?
0: Right.
2: Yeah. But I think to your point, man, it's, it's part of the human experience, you know, like I think, like I said before, it's whatever you do. I mean, if you manage that, that as long as you're managing that, then why wouldn't you,
1: you know, if that's part of uh, the deal
2: makes sense to me
1: yeah a lot of people yeah, do that yeah, yeah can we talk a little bit about other people's reactions because I the reaction I've gotten from about not drinking has been the exact opposite of what you would want people to say to you like like it's like a curse it's like what's wrong man what did you do so you can't control yourself is that the issue it's like I just <laughs> stopped drinking man relax nothing bad happened it's just so weird dude like I don't know if you got this Jake are you sick there's something wrong it's like do you have AIDS nope I just stopped drinking. Like you, you get the pushback of like, why are you doing this, man? Like the exact opposite of what, what you'd expect, right? Did you get that?
2: I mean, people that know the, the true and final story don't, you know, but like people that are outside of that are super uh respectful. They they'll they'll say they may ask because they're curious or whatever, but they'll um they'll be like, uh what happened? I, I think more or less it's kind of like. You're not part of the club anymore. It's right. strange, You know, you, you're you're all of a sudden at the party, but you're not at the party anymore. It, it's a different thing, right? So if you're at a party and there's about 10 people there and eight of them are boozing, they're all having inside jokes and, you know, the whole deal. Like, And then if you're there, it, it's all good and you're happy and you're having conversation, but you're just not
1: part of, you're not
2: in the in crowd anymore. It's like you're on the outs. So that's yeah the main who, thing who let can... our uber
1: driver in who let our uber driver in to hang out here so yeah you're not you're not in there man that you're right but but they react it's just but i used to treat people like that too i'd just be like oh my god dude this lame ass because per- i what i really bothered me was when people equated like quitting partying to being a better adult it's like i can't do that anymore i got i'm more of a professional a better parent than you that's how i felt people were oh, really yeah. acting like that and you're like dude you're you're pretending like just live life have a drink i I would just be like anybody who wouldn't drink and not only wouldn't drink but then those people tend to be way more boring and way more like introverted and just like annoying in in general like birthday parties and shit you're like you you guys suck and now i'm like i need to fight to not be one of those people even though i'm not drinking i can't be like a downer in a social event just because i'm not drinking if that's the case then then I really, really have a problem with drinking, you know? I, I can't be fun in a social setting without, without booze, then it's like, who am I? Then I need to get into something else. Start shooting the H or, or some blow <laughs> or something. That's how you fix the problem, you know? Hey, there's
2: plenty of stuff out there. You know? <laughs> yeah, ramp it up.
1: Ramp <laughs> ramp <of laughs> did, you ever get, did you guys ever get into anything else? You're both in legal states. Do you ever try any, anything else because of just to like calm yourself down or, or get away from booze?
2: Not me. No. Um, I
0: mean, I
2: like weed.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: I'm I'm curious about the Rick. I don't know if this is the right term: recovery process or healing process. And I'm still confused, Matt, why you even quit drinking. Like, what really brought you there? But uh, the first couple months, like, it's physical. Is it physical? Like what?
2: it's it's it mainly well for me personally mentally i was like trying to wrap my head around how do you how do you how do you move forward it's all i think in those circles and the rooms they call them when you talk about aa and all that stuff they'll say you know just this minute this day you just got to do one day and then you do the next day it's just like any goal that's very far off right
0: mm-hmm. and it
2: becomes a mental challenge for you to really try to motivate yourself to kind of move forward. But once you feel a little bit better about that, your body just has to, depending on where you were with it, your body just has to sort of recover, man. I mean, recovery is a good word. It really is because it's all the functions, it's everything. Um, And when you take, just you being an athlete in a formal life, knowing when you add something or take something away from your body, it takes a while you know, Mm -hmm. for your body to acclimate and to, all right, this is the new normal. Because for a while, it's like, no, this ain't normal. I'm going to react in this way. So, but yeah, and then it just becomes, and then it just feeds on itself as it goes forward, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was there a point where there were, in you know, familial or external stresses that were just beyond your capacity to deal with during that process? I'm just curious, like, how were you managing that, part of your life the recovery part plus like the normal family stress that just hits
2: yeah so it, some of the stressors in life would be managed by you know the alcohol at some point right so All like right. to matt's point maybe it wasn't something i accomplished like i had a good <laughs> i wrote a, a killer wave brah and then had a beer it was like ah, oh man this is going wrong or this is going to be very difficult. I need to relax. Here's what I'm going to do. Kind of Right. So
0: after though, you know, during recovery, my question is when those things inevitably arose, how, oh, what was, was the impact? Yeah.
2: So really at that point, I'd done enough understanding of where I was mentally at that point to, under, to really focus on what's the most important thing, you know? It's you, you. Figure out for me. It's like my health, you know, to for me to be present and clear-minded and with my family. It was the most important thing. And then uh-huh. once you you what, in my journey, I found out how many how many people really really care and love and respect me, and like you kind of lose sight of that a little bit when you are wrapped up into some other thing, right? So, I felt I had support, and I was like, all right. We'll, we'll figure this out, you know? So it was more of a <clears throat> a reaction I wish I would have had, you know, maybe a long, a long way back, right? Before I got into that whole thing, right? And started to, because I would tend to keep things internal. I like to solve things on my own. I'll go find the yeah. solution. And yeah. then I didn't always, I don't always want to ask for help <clears throat> because, you know, I like to handle my own business. I to handle my own shit but some things you can't, you need support. You need people to know what's up so they can, Hey, why don't you try this? Give you some insight or Hey, I got this, this will work for you. Um, And it kind of opened up my eyes, eyes in that direction.
0: Like people that maybe you didn't rely upon in that way. Now you felt like, Oh wow. It's a kind of a different relationship or or, yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
2: For sure. Yep. So, and it just dumbed everything down. Like, what was the most important thing for me? Health, my wife, my son, and all this stuff. And then, what am I trying to do for myself? What am I really creating here? So, yeah.
1: Memories. That's fascinating. Memories. Memories. Are you starting to remember them? Right. (laughs) Yeah, memories. (laughs) Ah,
0: man. Why? Why'd you quit, Matt? Really? Like, like really? I mean, you're kind of chill about it.
1: What well I mean I quit in the middle of the really really tense time with with my wife where we were just not getting along we were going to some therapy wasn't doing much she was drinking a lot I was drinking a lot actually I, at that time I wasn't drinking a lot I think I I mean every a little bit of everything like I thought that might help our relationship if you have ever been in a bad relationship uh, and I, I don't like to say a, a bad relationship we had, we we've marri- been married for almost 20 years but when you have some stress in any relationship, you just find that anything that's going bad in your life, drinking is it might give you an escape for a few hours, but it doesn't help. Just because you it's poison, right? So you feel like shit. And and it only makes yeah. things worse. So I think subconsciously I thought maybe if I stopped drinking, it might help us. But uh I just got like bored with it. And I, yeah. I just I've seen some people that have been affected by it in a negative way. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. Yeah. And I don't think anybody, I don't know if anyone close to me or far away from me would ever be like, that dude had a drinking problem. I don't think anybody really would think that, but it's not to say that I didn't.
0: What are you guys bored with? Like, what was the boredom? You know, where it, you know, mentally how you're going to feel after you partake in this or what's, where's the boredom come in? I don't get it.
1: Well, just for me, it's like, I, I don't know. Like it wasn't bringing anything to me. I mean, I, the taste of a beer after like surfing is is great, but it just it's just not. It wasn't really doing anything for me. Like sitting around watching TV and having a few beers, I was like, I don't I don't even know why I'm having these beers. Mm, you know, yeah. it's like it, it wasn't doing anything for me. And I and I got I also started to realize. And Jake, this might you might have got here too. Like that, whatever problem was is gonna be there when you're done drinking. I got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna fight with my wife and I never really talked about this much, definitely not with her, but like, I'm going to drink, she's going to drink and then we're going to wake up and still be, still have whatever issue we're, we're fighting about. And it's not mm-hmm. going to help me one goddamn bit. And so I, I I realized that alcohol did, was doing nothing for me. Like, And then I also realized that I don't really need it like socially. You know, people still like me, find me funny. Obviously my looks get me through a lot of a lot of tough tough parts of my life. uh deflection. Fuck man. I deflected.
0: Go deeper, man. I went, go I went back to a joke. Go deeper. Oh painful. I can't go anymore, Lance.
1: Uh I I would like, say to be determined why I quit drinking, but I felt it was the right thing. And I felt that I was, it was not helping anything. I have not had that moment though, where like, like I mentioned earlier, people are like, I quit drinking and the, and the skies cleared. I feel better in general, but my, so much of my life is unresolved now that just quit drinking. didn't resolve every issue I have. I'm going to be, I don't have a job. I'm not comfortable. (laughs) My, my podcast partner, Fuck, I did it again, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I went to a joke. I have, I don't have a job. My, you know, I'm separated. I'm living by myself. And quitting alcohol I didn't solve all those problems. Right. You know, quitting. It's just they're still there. I just <laughs> probably can think a little clearer now in the moment. And also, I need to be worried about money. And alcohol is just such a waste of money. Like it's such a financial drain. If you add up, like just do the math on any level of drinking. Say so even if you have a bottle of wine a week it's yeah. crazy so it is uh, yeah i know it's a long answer to get to nowhere but yeah. i don't really know why that's my whole life yeah. right now just a winding road of nothingness
2: you make up yeah. for all
1: that saved money on cookies that you buy now exactly right, all the sugar yeah I'm, I'm pounding a gallon of ice cream every night nothing no cheap no store brand dude <laughs> and Hagen dazs pound two gallons of haagen-dazs every night <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worse than drinking but I, but I didn't have that. I didn't have any, any real bad moments like ever drinking. I mean, I had terrible hangovers, but I never did anything really stupid. Hmm. Well, fuck. Who's, who's to say, right? Like you always justify your decisions when you're drinking, but no, not like right. a, accident or or did something right. weird with my kids or anything like that. I just I felt it was time, and I and I I told myself I was gonna quit for two weeks, and then I was like, yeah, might as well keep it going. And then I got to a point where I was like, well, I got to go for a year. And now I'm at a year, and I'm like, why would I start drinking again? Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: So yeah, I wow. said, uh, "You said it's kind of boring because, I mean, if I did the math and I started drinking back in high school, I'm like, man, I've been drinking for two thirds of my life. Like, what else? That's it's that's
1: too a much. Yeah. You know,
2: I mean, like, you <laughs> to a point where you're like, yeah, you know the outcome, and." I can handle social situations fine and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it was just, it was just time, but yeah, it's kind of boring because it's like, oh yeah, let's, let's go get, we'll get some beers and we'll get ready for the game and we'll drink and we'll watch the game. Then we'll continue to have drinks. And then I'll wake up the hangover. You know, I know the, I know the score kind of thing. So anyway,
1: I, I hate hangovers. I mean, I think that's enough to, to get me to stop drinking. Just sucks. Even and now, I even if I have like two or three beers, I don't, I'm not like hungover, but I don't. I feel like shit, just just like groggy and cloudy and like yeah.
2: Especially at our age, man.
1: I don't know. Is it age?
2: Yeah, It's your body. Well, I think so. I mean, hangovers didn't exist when you were snowboarding that one day, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're.
1: Uh... That's true. Yeah, you're right about that. You could you could crush when you were younger and not and not get a hangover. Uh, yeah, and, and you had less stuff going on. I the the one thing I'll say is I I think and I, I again I never really thought about this when I wasn't drinking, but I think a lot of my relationships are based on drinking. Even my wife, I mean, that was something we connected on, It's like having fun and being around other people and drinking. And it's like I that might have masked some of our problems for a while because you don't really think about where you're at in a relationship. It's like, oh, well, we got another, we got to go see our friends and there's a birthday party. We're going to go have some drinks with our friends. And and mm-hmm. you get in that routine and you kind of, you start to overlook other things, other ways to connect. And then all of a sudden you realize maybe you don't have any ways to connect besides like, let's go, let's plan the next next, the next the drink, you know? And, and then I start to think like, who else, who else is my relationship just based on drinking? Well, that's a
2: good point because, I mean, personally, I had to do what I have to do for me personally as an individual in my journey, right? But my wife's journey is different and I respect that and support whatever, right? So, but that's our marriage, right? So I'm not saying you have to do this because this is what I'm doing, but we have to kind of rediscover ourselves now at this point because so much of what what you're saying that friends and social events and even connection on a level where her and I would go out and have a couple of drinks and have dinner or something, you know, it's different now when she orders, whatever she orders and I order a, a Coke, <laughs> you know, it's not the same. But what I found though, for me personally, is that rediscovering all these things, is like kind of a, doing them all over again for the first time it's kind of cool because now i get to sort of build a new path going forward and it's really interesting to me because now i'm not addled with whatever is in my you know like the way i'm thinking because i'm on you know drinking and i get to kind of reintroduce myself to all these things that i've done before in the past and it's kind of new it's kind of fun but it's definitely something that my wife and i work on because it's new for us because it's not like she has a drinking buddy anymore you know so it's yeah. different, but it's definitely something that you know we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, just like any marriage, you work through stuff. So but it's cool.
1: She's, she's gotta do her Jaeger bombs while you drink your Coke. And that's just hey, the girls. way it is, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. it's <laughs> exactly right. Somebody's gotta drive, yeah. You should edit yeah. this so Jake sounds preachy and heavy handed, Lance. Uh,
0: it's not gonna happen. He's already <laughs> super measured. Uh, Jake, I don't want, we're not going to keep you here all morning, but I just like call out that we're closing in on noon, your time. And um, so we're probably in the rap phase. If cool, you got, you guys are cool with that. Uh, yeah, I do remember. And, and this wasn't your fault. You were, you were in a culture, a fa- I think a family culture and a friend culture in particular of, just intense one-upsmanship, intense competition around alcohol in particular, and and you can tie it to flip cup or tie it to oh yeah. just you're a fucking pussy, but uh, just how guys would communicate with each other. But like there wasn't there wasn't going to be a lot of runway for you to escape that culture within your core family i'm just gonna say and my and from my perception as an outsider
2: yeah no I, there's a lot there's a lot to that and and to make it simple quite honestly it was fun you know yeah you know, i was all in yeah. and there was a lot of good times but for sure the culture and i think i mentioned it it definitely led itself to uh just overblowing the relationship you know and maybe hanging on to it way too long right but yeah. I, I you know that's good uh that you notice that it's definitely something that i realized and understood for sure yeah. in your, your perspective because you saw yeah. it all you know you saw a bunch oh. of it for
0: sure i saw it and you know like it, you know dave was no stranger to you know getting his drink on too but he also laura and i were fairly rigid people yeah um, but she she was like an anchor to pull him away and be like stop motherfucker stop <laughs> but like it was such a fun uh, vibe your family in particular and then obviously the, the close friends from yeah. Chicago it is it's hard to resist because it is so fun
2: yeah for sure
0: and, and it's and it's like back to back like ah oh, let's have another night of that chaos and it's like it's it's yeah.
2: Becomes a norm. Um, and I don't regret any of that stuff. And quite I honestly, I mean, if I was to put up for in the rap phase, I don't regret it at all. I mean, yeah. I am very grateful for, you know, where I am now. And I think truly this was one of my charges in life is to understand that and to grow in a way to where I could master something like this. Maybe that's kind of why I'm here a little bit. So mm-hmm. for me to... To, you know, do what I needed to do or had to go through what I went through and to be on the other end of it and thinking the way I am. It's pretty, pretty exciting for sure. But yeah. I don't regret any of that stuff because yeah. hell, it's a lot of fun, a lot of great relationships built. And, um, you know, shit, I guess that first keg, whatever, we're running down the street to now. Now it's a fun I, ride.
1: Wouldn't that be awesome if that was still like, If you had a beer right now and it made you go run up and down the street, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm getting back in. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going for a jog. Yeah, (laughs) it ain't gonna happen." So, I would like to ask what you guys, especially you, Lance, you have older kids. What what were your conversations like with your kids about alcohol, or have you you ever talked to them about? Since you were the kid that brought a fucking bottle of booze on the bus in eighth grade, what, what do you tell your kids to avoid that?
0: My big thing is just what I was talking about is, um, alcohol is not a thing to do the one up thing with.
1: Oh yeah. If
0: you want to do one up, like pull, pull down your pants, whip out your cock, do something silly like that, but don't do it for how many shots you can drink. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like do something. I mean, it really is. I think it's a a male thing. So I talked to my son about it more, but my, my daughter too, like, it's just not a place to compete.
1: What about you, Jake? Do you you know, have you had to talk to your, your son on this this journey about uh what's where you're going? What what would you say to your kid about alcohol?
2: So well, he's been an, he's been around it enough to understand what it is. I mean, not even it, even if it wasn't you know prevalent in the home at some point, he would see it on TikTok. It's everywhere, right? I mean, it's just part of the culture. So I don't know. It's in a developing conversation, I'm sure. I would, I tell you one thing, I wouldn't be heavy handed (laughs) Yeah. and tell him all this stuff that he, you know, I mean, I I would would, would respect (laughs) where he's coming from, answer his questions, and then, you know, do my best, do my best, man. I can share experiences with him if he wants. But I think Lance makes a great point about one-upmanship because that's kind of where it all begins. Right. It begins there and it begins with being the cool kid. They made a whole movie. What is that movie called? Super Superbad. And the whole movie was like, hey, I can get the booze and I'm going to bring it to the party. And they were cool. And the whole Mm -hmm. movie and everyone can relate to that. So like starting back in high school or whatever, that's kind of what it's about. You guys alluded to that earlier. Like, I don't know. It starts there. It's cool. And like, ah, I'm going to drink a bunch of this and it's going to be fun and cool. And this is what cool people do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more about talking about don't be, you know, work I don't know, I just don't want if I had my druthers, I would want him to have the wherewithal to understand that he doesn't have to do anything to be cool. What I'm most worried about when it comes to this is not alcohol. It's actually this fentanyl. You know, like that mm. stuff scares the shit out of me. Because it, be it could
0: be it in can anything. Could be in anything. Anything. You
2: yeah. know, something you know, and then all of a sudden, you don't have another shot. You don't have it tomorrow, and that's scary. So
1: our kids, are, but is that an issue? Like, and uh, high school kids are are getting access to fentanyl and having yeah, fentanyl parties and shit, or what?
2: Because it's in something else. They don't realize it. They take something that that was cool, and somebody told them it's going to be fine, and then they end up now waking up. Yeah, that's scary stuff. And I don't want to <laughs> bring us completely down, but like, I mean, that's true. Truly, what I think of when I think of my son right now
1: when it comes to this kind of conversation. I know this is not going to do anything for them, but I I keep telling my kids, like, you really, really don't want to try to grow up too fast. It's like, I I keep telling them that. I'm like, you're obviously kids are going to start drinking. My daughter's in sixth grade going to the seventh and somebody already brought a bottle of booze to school. It's like, it's going to happen. I know. And and you're you're probably not, you're you're a social person. You're probably not going to be the geek that's like, I'm not drinking you guys are bad people. Like you're probably going to get in on it eventually. It's like, but don't be in a hurry to grow up. And, uh, and they're just like, whatever, dad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like, you you have to like, you, you had to go through that everything to get to where you are. And they have to too. But uh, it's just like, how do you impart on them? It's really not that great. Although it is kind of great. So, uh, you know, like you said, those you don't have any regrets, but I don't know. Parenting is hard. That's all I can say. Parenting yeah, is, hard. yeah, man.
0: There's not a whole lot I'm gonna say at this point, and really, even two years ago, that my kids are gonna give a shit about. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that out real, real quick because on one
2: half, my kid plays sports. We talked about that. It's like he takes a lot of guidance and stuff from me. He looks for me for answers and things of that nature. But thats I can see that's changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. And once that changes, because I'm the whole time going, hey, you need to like want to do this for yourself. You know, this is a year thing. This is not dad's taking. you know, I'm still taking mm-hmm. it to practice and all, but you know, you're only going to get better, blah, blah, blah. If you want to do it for yourself. But that's me urging him on to be older and grow up. But at the same mm-hmm. time, to Matt's point, it's like, all right, well, <laughs> don't grow up too fast. So it's like it's this right. crazy dichotomy with this age and Matt, uh, Lance, you probably know way better than us. Right. So I'll do my best, I guess. If I could, I just want to say thanks guys, man. Apart from what you're doing, I think it's awesome. I totally relate to it. I think it's a very cool concept because it's not too far from what everybody needs and wants. I think it's awesome i've always enjoyed talking to you guys and when we go back it's good to connect with y'all again i hope we connect and still can continue to connect after this whole thing so yeah i, I appreciate
1: hope. the time for sure it it's oh. all gives me some sort of happy sadness because we've had a few people like you on i'm like why would i not talk to this guy if I <laughs> no, how really? is it possible because i i think for a while there you were early maybe early on in in all the way we, you were like one of my best friends for a long time. you know. Yeah, we hung
2: out in the basement. I remember playing ping yeah. pong, playing that Boston tape.
1: Well, you were new to, like, I was kind of, I, I just moved to, we both were kind of new to everything there because you had just moved back from Chicago and I just moved out there from Jersey. And I think even like as early as our freshman year, we were like, didn't have a lot of friends. And I think we were in class together or something, but we were, we we're, yeah, good friends. totally. Yep. I remember going to your house and watching White Man Can't Jump.
2: Oh, yeah, right? there
1: you go. And your and your your little house over there on uh where they filmed that video, ugly kid Joe filmed that video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember right. that. So it's, time, it's baby. It's nice to hear from you, man. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're doing well and your parents are all right and everything and uh seems like yeah. you're in a good place. Yeah. It's good Sounds to hear like from you like too. Being a pussy and not drinking's been good for you, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Such uh-huh. a fucking loser. Big time.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I, I would, I just think about how, when you're in a band together, you know, it takes you years of being away from it to realize how close of a relationship that is. Obviously you had your brothers, but just like to be sequestered in a van with somebody and to Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, A to Z, everything you can imagine in this, uh, you know, long drawn out process of going from one gig to the next. It's a truly unique experience. So you know if we never talked again i it's such a great thing for me to know that we had that and you and i talked about some wild shit we did some wild shit together even just getting on stage like that those are i don't have memories that come close to that like yeah, it's, in, it's, in it's, the it's, normal it's, corporate world or whatever
2: oh no yeah nothing nothing it's really hard to rival those times those yeah. are like i can remember a lot of those gigs, where we were, how it took to get there, d- the controversy surrounding it, the the jubilation of having a great I dude, I remember I remember we were coming out of Boise or something and we're all sleeping in the back or in John's van. You're driving, it's the middle of the night, right before we had to buy the new van, remember? Oh yeah. And it's like I just remember waking up and you're up in the front going, This fucker's not rolling, bruh. It's not rolling. <laughs> And i'm like oh shit what happened now oh we're just we're stuck in whatever that idaho town was and then we just talk about partying balls we just partied balls in the hotel pool for like an entire day yeah that was crazy
0: yeah. so there you go Fun stuff. shit like
2: that man it's funny
0: yeah i know well uh yeah we will keep in touch So Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Jingles, commercials, editing by Lance, stand-up comedy by Matt. Music on apothecary-scale commercial, Mocha Daddy. Thank you for listening.